drink cinema. Jeez. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema, two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Hello, Brett. G'day. G'day. It's <laughs> the the first word in the movie is Paul Mercurio's mum screaming f- like and that Aussie twang is so harsh. Oh, it's quite <laughs> hard to listen to. Um anyway. Anyway, we're doing Strictly Ballroom. Yes. Uh, is what we're doing, which is uh, one of... Have we done an Australian movie? Is this our first Australian movie? Does Fern Gully count? No. No. <laughs> um, this I is, believe that's it terrible. is. That's yeah. terrible. Is it? <laughs> it's our first Australian movie. Uh, in No, we did The Castle. Oh, we did The Castle on patreon.com forward slash two drinks cinema. Yes. Uh, thank you for getting that plug in, um, yeah, our first Australian movie. Sorry, uh, AFI and anyone else associated with Australian cinema, but sorry, Bert, we'll get there. Our other potential, sorry, Bud Tingwell. Uh, well, this does. We've had Bud. Now we've got a Bill Hunter. So there we we're go. So we're done. All of the old classic Australian movie men. Uh, we oh, we didn't even do the rescuers down under. No, so we got no Australian in at all. But Strictly Ballroom, uh, Baz Luhrmann's first movie. So in the last couple of weeks, we've run the full gamut of Baz. Yeah. Uh, you can go back and listen to our from, review From very low Elvis, budgets. Um, to, yeah, from an unknown Paul Mercurio to Tom Hanks. It's yep. quite uh, quite a career breadth for Baz, and yeah, this is his first one. Uh, we're going to review it shortly, but first we have a drink to drink, and Brett has invented his own take on the Paso Doble, which is very yeah. relevant well, to this movie. I was I did the Paso Doble, but I, poured, I thought I put some new moves in there, Yay. and by moves I mean ingredients, and by new I mean ones that I could find. <laughs> yes. um, so Paseo... Paseo seems to be quite difficult to find. If I ever see it, though, I'm going to buy it. Um, well, you love a passiona. Yeah, I do. Um, I should have just put passiona in. We this. did think about passiona, but instead you bought pink grapefruit cordial. I panicked. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was probably either that or passiona or passion fruit pulp. Yeah, I didn't want pulp. So a proper uh, Paso Doble cocktail has banana liqueur. Uh, those who know me when I started drinking know how much I love a banana liqueur. Um, white rum, grenadine, and paseo, which is passion fruit yeah. liqueur. And lemon juice. Uh, and lemon juice. But Brett couldn't find paseo. We couldn't find paseo. I went to three different bottle shops. One had no idea what I was talking about. The other one's like, oh, I know I know what you mean. And I think we used to sell, but we don't anymore. I, yeah. And then the third one was like, oh, nah, sorry, mate. <laughs> okay, um, done. Yeah, so very, we got yeah. <laughs> grape, pink grapefruit cordial instead. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely come out pink. It's pink because there's grenadine, grenadine. in it. So that doesn't help. Uh, shaken. The um, quantities are on our socials. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'm but okay good. with it. Yeah, a bit like Baz Luhrmann's films. Yeah. <laughs> weird, but good, generally. The pink, I'm going to say this, the pink, the grape pink grapefruit and banana kind of go together. Yeah, yeah. It makes it much less tropical. Pink grapefruit is less tropical than passion fruit, yeah. I think. Yeah. You could have made it more, I'm going to say it, could have made it more tropical with my with favorite. With coconut rum. Coconut rum. Canal. Uh, but no, this is good. Yeah, got, good, I like that. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Good. On to the movie. Um, my first comment on the movie was, how's the hair? Oh, the no- early 90s ballroom dancing oh, hair. Amazing. Sonia Kruger's hair is out of control. This is the movie that introduced us to Sonia Kruger. We're all, all this. Uh, and Paul the Im- Impact scale. Impact scale. <laughs> Uh, and Paul Mercurio, and it gave us Todd McKenney. I've got a couple of comments later about Todd McKenney. Uh, I, I've I've done some research. Yeah, I have to tell you about the origins of the story. 
I okay. hope it was based on a true story. So when Baz Luhrmann grew up as a kid, he did ballroom dancing. Okay. And his that, mum... That is believable. Yeah. Yep. And his mum was a ballroom dancing coach. Okay. Dan- so Dance teacher yep. type thing, right? Sounding familiar so far. So when uh, Baz was at NIDA, the National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Sydney, him and a few of his mates wrote a play called Strictly Ballroom. Okay. Right? And they did it and people liked it. This sentence I'm going to read directly from Wikipedia. Oh, no. All right? An expanded version. So it was received well in Australia, right? Yeah. So they took it to other places. Okay. An expanded version of the play became... (laughs) Hang on. An expanded version of the play became a success at the Czechoslovakian Youth Drama Festival in Bratislava in 1986. (laughs) Um, what? <laughs> what? So Baz Luhrmann went, I'm not getting much luck in Sydney. Let me try Bratislava. Um, with its themes of artistic repression and underdogs battling against the odds, the play was oh, a success. Very Czech. Yeah, the play was a success at the festival, winning both the Best Director and Best Production Awards. <laughs> uh, he used <laughs> Baz... Baz then used the Czechoslovakian success, put that on his resume and came back uh, and the play had a successful season at Sydney's Wharf Theatre and it was seen by Ted Albert, who was a music executive and producer that produced John Paul Young um, and ACDC. Hence the John Paul Young song. They loved it um, and they, he, Ted Albert, with his new production company, offered Lerman a plan to transform the play into the film, and Lerman agreed on the condition that he would also get to direct it. Right. But because he was a new director, it was a pretty out-there project, and the cast that they had found were pretty much unknown except for Barry Otto and Bill Hunter. Yes. No one wanted to give him any money. The original budget was $5 million, which they then brought down and then brought down again, dropped a whole subplot out of the movie... So they could bring it down to 3.3. Okay. Someone said, I'll fund it if you sack Baz. Oh. And Ted Albert was like, I'm not going to do that because it's his play. Yeah. Like it would not have been successful in Czechoslovakia if it wasn't for Baz. And if there's no Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Didn't get that (laughs) check. (laughs) Checklist. Uh, No one would write a check. Yeah. They couldn't bank that check. Um, eventually, kids out there checks. Uh, <laughs> um, eventually, uh, it was funded uh, mostly by Film Finance Corporation, which is the, the big Australian uh, film finance corporation. Uh, and then it went on. But uh, Ted Albert, then Ted Albert died. And mm. the whole project was like, well, the main guy that's saying, yes, let's do this film, is now gone. But his right. uh, widow, Popsy, decided that, Popsy. She, that it should go on in honour of her husband. So the film is dedicated to him. Uh, Albert Music invested $1 million. Film Finance Victoria invested $2 million, And 300000 was sourced from private investors. Oh, uh, even after completion, the team were greeted with stiff resistance from exhibitors. Lerman recalled that one exhibitor walked out before the film had even finished, declaring that Lerman was ruined and that he would never work again. It's his first film. Who is that person? Yeah. They, they were wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> Putting it out there, you were wrong. That person, I'm not sure if I was Baz, I would have gone back to uh, for Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Say, hey, mate, you know how you said I was ruined? Turns out I'm not. I'm doing a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And then uh, turns out I'm doing a movie with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. Yeah. That's a fairly decent movie. He has had quite a career, and we did watch Elvis recently and talked about that on Odd Sox Entertainment. Um, He's one of those directors where you could watch a movie and go, oh, this is Baz. This is Baz Luhrmann. And he also... He's not a director, which I quite like. He's not a director who does lots and lots of movies. Yeah, like he's only done five or six. Like now. Tarantino, and Tarantino said yeah. ten and that's it. But 
He just, he's not like that hack Spielberg. Yeah. He just does movies, movies all the after time. Movies after movies. Ugh. He's just like, I'm going to just do projects that are really my projects. And like Tarantino, he writes and directs. Yep. Uh, and yeah, he's had a pretty good track record. I know you weren't a huge fan of Elvis. I was not. The movie. And I've got to watch Australia again, I think. I don't think you do. And I haven't seen Gatsby. You know what? Just watch just watch Moulin Rouge and go, wow, Baz is great. And then you're done. I ha- you know what? He's peaked. Baz Luhrmann has peaked. You know what's actually terrible? I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. All right. Trivia, directed by Bas- Romeo and Juliet. Any 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 um any version of it? Or- <laughs> uh, no, I I read a no. Maybe I haven't seen a movie version. I've seen Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Fuck. I haven't. I haven't actually even seen that. I forgot there was the documentary stuff at the start. So did I. I okay. I- and this is what I was saying with the when we talked about Elvis, how he does a few different kind of style things within the one movie. Yeah. The documentary stuff is only in the first 20 minutes of the movie and then we never see it again. Yeah, but they're, it's like because they're making a documentary about the incident. Yes. You know? But which we only see like, it for 20 minutes. Which you, the way they talk about it, it's quite funny because the way they talk about it, it's like he killed someone. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, God. Oh, no. He just did his own... He did his own um, choreography. I, I do like the piss take of the seriousness of... The community of ballroom dancing. Yeah. I've played in brass bands for a number of years, and so I can quite understand those people who take it very seriously and have their little rule book. And the only point of even even playing a brass instrument is to enter a brass band competition and win. And he does take the piss out of that quite well, both in terms of how seriously they all take it and then at the end, when Todd McKinney retires to spend more time in his landscaping business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all take it so seriously. Oh, but he's actually got to do work now. Yeah. So he's out. Um, I do think Todd McKinney's, I reckon it's more in the landscape design. Oh, you don't think he's doing the manual labor? Yeah, I'm not sure he's walking in with the wheelbarrow and making sure your topsoil gets into the right spot. I think he might be more of a bottom soil. Oh, oh gay <laughs> jokes. Okay. From the start, it's not Pride Month anymore. You don't <laughs> need to keep him in. Um, Strictly Ballroom is a very iconic Australian movie. Yes, right up there with Muriel and Priscilla. Yeah, um, and it's one of those movies. I was like, I know I've seen it, but I couldn't really tell you exactly what was happening, other than it was competitive dancing. And no. obviously, some of the scenes are very iconic. It's like, I've seen this in this. I've seen this here and this here, but I cannot tell you the last time I watched the movie. Yeah. You know? But I was still new. Oh, I know this bit. Even though I can't remember the last time I watched it. Like, oh, I remember when they danced in front of the Coca-Cola sign. Well, that's easy for the Chad S. Minkwe. I thought (laughs) as soon as that, I wrote it in capital letters. Yeah, I remember the dancing front... I remembered more of the story from having seen the stage show right. somewhat recently than from seeing the movie. Mm. Mm. Even though that documentary doesn't last very long, it's a good device to set up the story, yeah. Paul Mercurio's yeah. issue and the main characters. Yeah. And that Bill she's Hunter a... is this and... Doug and Shirley. And Shirley is a um, cosmetics consultant. Yes. And she keeps trying to flog the stuff off to Fran. Yeah. Poor Fran. All the time. Poor Fran. Fran's ordinariness is a little bit too much at the start. For yeah, me. yeah. I Ordinariness. I, I know it's Baz's first go, really. Yes. And maybe the Czechs have a different sense of humour to the Aussies. but I think they would. <laughs> but I feel like I kept watching some things and just being like, I can see what you're trying to do there, Baz. Yeah. But I'm not sure I laughed out loud as much as Baz would want me have to have done. I laughed when it was like the mum in the documentary stuff. Yeah. The mum nails it. Oh, yeah. She nails pretty much the whole movie. Yes. She's but great. But when she's like, oh, we thought it was his year to win the fifth national Thunder Pan Pacific's <laughs> five dance Latin. <laughs> right there, you know what I mean? She just r- rattles off all of those uh, titles and all of those competitions, and she's so serious. And Barry Otto's just Barry Otto. 
Barry but Odo, he's I was great too. Yeah, I was like, is this Cozzy that I'm watching? Yeah. Um, no, Barry Otto is really good. Everybody's actually pretty good in this. I reckon wise. it's his wife that sent him to the loony bin, and that's Cozzy. It's yeah. the same character. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Shut up. I'll knock <laughs> your block off. And if in in um, Cozzy, he is ex an ex performer. That's true. So ooh. maybe that's the same thing, or it's Barry Otto's brother. Oh, Barry Otto's brother twin. was the actor. Barry oh, Otto was oh, the dancer. Oh, yeah, right. And they okay. Form to be almost Paul Mercurio, but without much of the acting. Mm-hmm. Paul Mercurio is the worst actor, worst actor in the film. Fran is a great actress and a great dancer. Yeah, she deserves Sonia Kruger's career. Sorry, Sonia. Sorry. <laughs> She deserves to be nominated for a Gold Logie for hosting 14 different TV shows in and one so, year. And sorry, Todd, she deserves their careers. Tara Maurice, great. Didn't do much. No. You'd think that this could have launched her into a big career. Um, she's had a little role. She was a prostitute in Moulin Rouge. Oh, well, who wasn't? <laughs> Strictly Ballroom, Metal Skin, Hotel Sorrento, uh, Square One, all in the 90s, and then Moulin Rouge... Uh, nothing really big. She's done the voice of someone in Peter Rabbit 2. She was in an episode of Police Rescue, an right. episode of Water Rats. So if we do a known for, I mean, if we do a um, Six Degrees. Oh, she's in Blue Healers. Oh, duh. No, but as a recurring character. Melanie Anderson. Oh, she might be one of the visiting cops. Right. Or might be one of PJ's lovers. Yep. Anyway. There were a few of them. Uh, his own... So Paul Mercurio does... Oh, and then he started his own flashy crowd-pleasing steps. Crowd-pleasing steps, which is not what you want. I do... Th- those intense close-ups, Baz loves them. Mm-mm. They, they're pretty intense. And I think they're meant to be. And they're pretty good. Oh, yeah. You can definitely see everything that Baz wants to do but doesn't have the resources for his soon-to-be wife to production design it to the point where it looks like what we now know is a Baz Luhrmann movie. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... He still has the same vision on a $3 million budget Yeah, as he does on Moulin Rouge but with a much larger budget. Yep. Because they love their little rules. Yes. And it's clear that Bill Hunter's Bill character Hunter's a, mm. is there all about the control mm-hmm. and the protection of Dan Barry sport. Five. Barry Five president. I love how they reiterate his name over and over and over yeah. again. Yes. Um, and you can see that, like, they do similar in Romeo and Juliet, the way they highlight kind of the main characters each yeah. uh, not Romeo and Juliet Moulin Rouge I don't know why I said Romeo and Juliet because yeah. I haven't seen haven't it haven't seen it um, I watched it in school they highlight the main characters particularly he does it more visually later um, but he can't do it visually on a 3.3 million dollar no. budget <laughs> so he does it uh, scripturally not biblically in the script verbally verbally dialogically dialogically that Coca-Cola sign, I think in this Chattis Minko, we get to give it three points for Coke. I don't think you it can. Is a you can't change the rules movie. like that now. <laughs> Maybe that's where they got the extra funding. Was they got the like Coke sponsorship. Because there's like two whole scenes, because they dance in front of the Coke sign, and then Barry Otto later dances in front of the Coke sign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they should have been sponsored by like where Amway the... or something, mm, and then they mm. could have made her a... Home cleaning consultant instead of cosmetics consultant trying to <laughs> flog Amway through a movie. Kids in the nineties they had these things called pyramid schemes, yes. and Amway was one of. They still have them actually. <laughs> um, where the man goes, the lady must follow. Well, that's the rules of life, mm, as well dance. as dance. There you go. I did that's like deep uh, the way she enters just by screaming so many times yeah. in the movie. <laughs> Just, ah, ah, ah. I want to dance with, I forgot his name. Sean. The drunk one? Wayne. No. Ken. Ken. The, oh, the, or is Ken the teacher? Oh, Ken's the teacher. Oh, God. 
Um, we did actually watch the movie, people. She's like, I want it. I want it to be that she breaks both her legs and he asks me to be the dance partner. <laughs> yes. Wayne Burt. No, not Wayne. No, Ken Wayne Railings. Friend. Ken Railings. Ken Railings. That's a bad name. And then it's, and it goes, ah, which is so cheesy when she, then she has that accident. And then he walks yeah. in and goes, Pam Shaw's broke both her legs. I want you to dance with me. And the kid goes, that's unexpected. I don't know if I like the kids or not. <gasps> I, I wanted to see them actually dance. You know what? I did like the kids, but I know historically I'm not meant to like them. Yeah. That was where I was a little bit conflicted because I'm not meant to, based on history of what I've said in this podcast, yeah. meant to like kids like that. <laughs> like that. Not but kids I, in general. But I did but... it. I think he did it well. Because the I think whole, so. Because the whole movie generally is a piss take of how much everyone is into dance. That I think yes. the kids going like in the auditions, going like, oh, a bit of musicality, please, <laughs> is adding to the whole everyone's so into it, everyone knows so much, um, and Baz is taking the piss out of the whole thing. I wonder what his mum thinks of that. that Baz's mum. He launched his career in Bratislava with a play... Taking the piss out of her career. Yeah, I think she'd be fine. She'd have to be okay with it. She'd have to be okay with it now, I think. (laughs) Because he did it. Um, One. Well, he's kind of taking the piss out of the idea of competitive ballroom dancing. Winning at all costs type thing. But he's still like honouring the dance. Well, I did write that later in in the notes that it's a good story about how good and important and bringing together of people dance is yes because in the end spoiler alert love is in the air they all dance together yaya dances with the teacher like yeah random yeah join in and dance and everyone loves dancing so you've got that dance brings the people together you've got People enjoying the dancing in the dance studio, even if they're not there to win. But then also people enjoying the competition, which is another part of it. But then the crowds, the family at the end, uh, not the family at the end, her Mm. family dance a lot. Yeah. And that's good. Fran's family are into the dancing just for being in the dancing and feeling it in your heart and celebrating and connecting. And that, yes. So I think he's making those comments about dance generally while yeah. also taking the piss out of it's the, the super competitiveness. It's taking the piss out of the competitive people that are... But then when it's like her family, Fran's family, yeah. they're just passionate about the dance. And that's what... You feel it in your heart. That's what Paul Mercurio's meant to bring into his dance. But then you watch him and you just go, no, he still is just standing and on his feet like a professionally trained ballroom dancer. Yeah, and he's still then just <laughs> leaping around. He loves that leapy move. Where he leaps he and leaps, twirls both yeah, legs. Yeah, leaps and leaps. I'm like, yeah. we get it. You can jump. He also loves the sliding in on his knees thing. Yeah. Yeah, bit bit of Danny Zuko about that one, I think. Mm. I do think, though, that it's odd that there's a billboard on top of their dance studio. It's a weird spot. I find and it then weird. they put a clothesline in front of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I found it weird how they hung stuff on the clothesline as well. Oh, it was I just didn't like notice that. One sock here, one sock over there, a face washer or some towel <laughs> thing here. It wasn't like when I hang out my washing, when I put my washing, yes. it's like fill this line, then this line, then this line, right? They were like, put this here, put this here, put this here, spread well, it's it apart. Movie magic. Yeah, right. They've got to still make it look pretty. Yeah, whatever. Were the subtitles out of whack? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Good soundtrack, actually. Mm. You know what? I I was thinking of her, Fran. Mm. Like, she basically at the start had to had to act like she she can't dance. Yeah, but she can dance. She can dance. Like that must be hard. Yeah, because me as also a semi professional dancer. And by that I mean dance captain at our cousin's wedding. Yeah, um, as a as in a dance captain in a previous life, when you got the rhythm, it's hard to not dance in rhythm. 
Even when I'm on my morning walk and a song comes on, I have to, I have to walk to that pace. Oh, yeah, me too. Right. I, even at the gym, I have to work out at the rhythm of the song. Oh, God, I hope it's you're weird. not doing too many fast songs. If you're doing deadlifts, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. You're not a gym guy. That's fine. I don't do the gym. She she is a good dancer, and it is hard to not dance well. But I suppose when she's dancing pre-Paul Mercurio, she's leading, which she might not have done before. True. But I reckon then she, if you're a good enough dancer and a choreographer gives you steps, yeah. you just do those steps. So if yeah. the choreographer gives you steps that make you look bad, you can just train yourself to do those steps. And then you look Yeah, bad. that's true. Okay. Or just watch videos of Jane Turner and Glenn yeah. Robbins dancing. Yeah. Which I will post on our socials because it is absolutely one of my favourite sketches of all time of Australian comedy. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. It is pretty yeah. good. It's for those that don't know those two names, it's Kath and Kel, day nine, yeah. dancing together. But their fast forward sketch from in the 90s is like a Duggan. full. Shit. No, well, Mum and I used to think Mum loves it too. Mum and I used to think it was Doug and Shirley, but then when I realised when watching this movie, like maybe they that's where we get the name Doug and Shirley from because that's yeah Paul McCurro's parents. It's Les and Margaret's Les and Margaret Les and Margaret's Galaxy of Dance. <laughs> oh, I can't describe it because obviously this is audio and it's too funny to describe it. But I will put the link in the Tudoring Cinema group on Facebook as well as on our socials um, and you can watch it and it's just hilarious. Uh, and so on the, like it's a five on the impact score because whenever mum and I dance together, that sounds sad. Whenever <laughs> mum and I dance together, we dance like Liz and Margaret. All right. At family um, weddings, yeah. like not at night clubs or not like a, didn't yeah. have a date to go to the dead ball. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Barry Fife loves a fucking mixed metaphor, doesn't he? Oh, I thought you were going to say Barry Fife loves a younger judge. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it goes, you know what they say, one rotten egg spoils the barrel. Yeah, <laughs> and then Wayne takes that exact quote. Yes. Back. Fucking Wayne. I'm sorry. Yes. I. You know what? You know what I needed? What? I needed to actually see someone do the BOGO POGO. Maybe that was the subplot that they dropped due to budgetary Because they mentioned it, the BOGO POGO, so much. I'm like, just somebody do the BOGO POGO. Oh, Mr. Five? Yes, yeah, son. Oh, what? we just need to do the dance. What dance that? It's the BOGO POGO, Mr. Five. BOGO POGO. It's the BOGO POGO, Mr. Five. The way they say it. Do you reckon, um, do you reckon Baz knew how full on the BOGO POGO Sounded like how full on the accent sounded. I don't know. What do you reckon? Paul Mercurio's got a pretty harsh Aussie accent. <laughs> so, I've googled what is it? I just want to dance. <laughs> I just want to dance the way I want to dance. They all sound like that, though. So, I've just googled whether or not the Bogo Pogo, Bogo Pogo, Bogo Pogo. Is a real dance or not, right? And it's led me to a tweet by Tori. And she says, is the Bogo Pogo a real dance move or was it made up for Strictly Ballroom because of the funny way Australians say it? (laughs) Hashtag deep thoughts. That was tweeted on October 17, 2012. Oh, okay. Someone has replied on December 20, 2020, saying, <laughs> I, still, I still don't know the answer to this question. And then on June 1st this year, <laughs> someone's replied and said, 2022, and it still turns up at the top of the search results. Oh, God. We still don't know whether the Bogo <laughs> on, Pogo. Give, give Baz a call. We all he's, know how to do it. Surely he's on a press. Well, we all know how to do it. It's on his video for twenty nine ninety five. It's a bit oh fucking the VHS, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you just do heel ball, ball heel, and then you got a thrust, and then you got a quick syncopated one, two, three, four. That's a bogo pogo. Bogo pogo. Bogo pogo. 
that's the real. That's the real to promote this episode. Just us saying bogo, bogo, back and forth. God. Oh. Um, when Paul Mercurio goes to Fran's house. Yep. And then he invites himself in or however, I can't really remember. It's lucky that um, when, when he's there, the dad's wearing dancing shoes. I feel like that dad's always ready to dance. Oh, he loves the dance. Loves dance. The is dance is life and life is dance. And a life half lived. Oh, that's fuck. Fuck that up. A life lived in fear is a life half lived. Yeah. Which is one of Baz's quotes. Mm. Uh, and is part of his logo. That's quite wise. Yeah. We saw that. Um, one, one really Aussie thing. Yeah. Was when... What's that? Uh, his teacher comes out to find Scott. Yeah. When he finds Scott dancing with Fran. Yeah. And goes, Mr. Fife would like to see you in the servery. <laughs> and then they're just in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah. Having their meeting. Mr. Fife would like to see you in the servery. Oh. Did we sound like that in the 90s? Not you and Fuck I. Fuck, I hope kids. not. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I sound like that now. Can I tell oh, you I something? I am now, but I'm putting on an accent. This is going to be our best accented episode after Cecile with Love. <laughs> Cecile with Love. <laughs> oh, I just want to dance in it. <laughs> Crossover. Tina Sparkles. <laughs> Nathan Starkey. Nathan Starkey. Can I tell you something about Tina's house? Tina's Tina Sparkles' house. No, not Tina's Fran's house. house. Fran's house. That's on a that's on a train line. You can't go and visit it now. Why? Where is it? They built Star City Casino on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did they move the train line then? If you want to do a pilgrimage to um, Fran's house, uh, you can't because it is one of all of the things. That has been demolished for um, Star City Casino in Sydney. It's a bogo bogo. Sorry. <laughs> Stop saying bogo bogo. Um, you know, when they when they're at the house and she's like, no, no, you'll have to feel that read I'm in here. Yeah. Whatever accent and that was. And she's perving on him. And she's hitting his chest. But I'm like, she doesn't quite do that in time. No, there are issues with background music and dancing being in time with each other. Yeah, which is a pity because it's kind of the main point of the film. It's a dance movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I believe that Paul Mercurio was hired based more for his dancing ability than his acting ability. Correct. Yes. And he, But he can dance. He's quite the dancer. Quite. I reckon he could do the bogo pogo. <laughs> he can do anything. Except what Bill Hunter wants him to do. Which is just dance. Just, just I follow just the steps. Dance. No new steps. I just want to dance. They're all on no new steps and no flashy steps, blah, blah, blah. Ken Railings does the splits. Ken like, Railings. Not sure that that's allowed. I'm not. I'm also not sure being drunk to the point of almost throwing up is allowed in the rules either, Bill Hunter. Yeah, but Bill Hunter rigged it so that Kenan would win. Oh, he's such a baddie. Yeah. Such a baddie. I would like to see... We've talked about it already. I would like to see what he would have done with this Czechoslovakian prize-winning play if he'd had... A bigger budget. The Romeo and Juliet level budget. Yeah. Because I feel like... Because it, it could have gone either way. Because if, if you can imagine this film looking like Moulin Rouge, I think that takes away a bit from the ordinary people getting re- really, really super into ballroom dancing. Yeah. So the budget for Romeo and Juliet was $14.5 million. Yeah, so $11 million more than this yeah. film. And then the budget for Moulin Rouge was $50 million. Jeez. Ten of that was just for the elephant. Well, well don't talk about Nicole like that. <laughs> Jeez. Same size forehead. If anything, she's a gazelle. <coughs> Graceful. <laughs> yeah, better the microphone. Oh, sorry, Mr. Fife. 
Brett has decided I don't laugh enough at his jokes, so he's going over the top laughing at his own jokes, <laughs> including headbutting the microphone. <laughs> oh, John Link was armo. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, it would be interesting to see what he would have done with it with a bigger budget. You know what? You know what part of the movie would have looked better with a bigger budget? All of it, but yes, yeah, but mainly <laughs> the kind of flashback bits to tell. The dad's story. Oh, yeah. That's when you realised why Bill Hunter was cast as a judge and not a dancer. Yes. Because Bill Hunter yeah. can't actually dance. He can't dance. <laughs> Barry Otto, as old dad Barry Otto, was awkward, fully, fully awkward in his dance moves. Yeah. But then when he was dancing as young Barry Otto, was great. Yes. Uh, but And very hammed up, very funny. I quite like that flashback. I do. It was a bit weird. Did you want a bit more smoke machine or something? No, I just, it was quite like school play, cardboard cutout, background kind of thing, which was probably the point. Probably the point. Yeah, but still, it could have been done. It could have been better. A lot of this movie could have been done better, but it is, it's, it's quite funny. It's funnier than I remember it being. Yes. I la- I do, and although it's not laugh out loud funny in dialogue bits, the whole thing is very well done as a piss take of being strictly ballroom, which yes. they say once during the movie. Yeah, I was like, hey, is that it? His moves were not strictly ballroom. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think doing the splits in the middle of a tango is strictly ballroom. That's true. I don't think taking a call from the press while you're mid-sex is strictly no, boring either, Bill no, Hunter. No, but, but it anyway. is a horny point. But he's horny for sure. For sure. He is a perv though, Bill Hunter. Oh, he's the way he wants to do the perv. bogo pogo with Wayne's massive partner. Massive perv. You know what? For a comp- show about competitive dancing and a lot of ballroom dancing... Not enough gays for me. I know it's the early 90s Todd in McKenna. Australia. Can we bring up that line? Yeah. It was quite um Bill Hunter. Abrupt. Yeah. And it really doesn't fit with the rest of the movie for me. And I know, I know it was 1992, but still, Baz, like, you went to NIDA. You met a few. Like, don't use the term. Yeah. I, that's a terrible generalisation. <laughs> you went to NIDA. You know a few. But I suppose you just said there weren't enough gays in Strictly Ballroom for you. So well, Bill Hunter, as President Barry Fife, calls Les Kendall a pathetic little F. Yeah. I was um, like, ooh. Which is not cool, Bill Orbaz. Even yeah. at the time, I think. Yeah. Like it was, it, it definitely yeah. hasn't aged well and it's going to take a point off the stand-up ability. But I, I don't even think at the time it's a great line. No, I don't think it is either. But it, I, I get... I guess that it was like tipped him over the edge to then actually do something. But I feel like he was close to the edge anyway. Yeah. And you could have done that. In a different way. Yeah. It was a bit out of place, but I get it. Speaking of out of place in a different way, you mentioned before that Yaya beating on Paul Mercurio's chest was a bit out of time. Yeah. The crowd claps along once they unplug the music at the end and Paul Mercurio and um, Fran dance along. Yeah. And then the crowd are just like, yeah, there's no way that's helping him feel the rhythm. No. They're just dancing in the hope that they're in time with something. But then by a fluke, when the kid plugs the music back in, they're in time with the music. Yes. So that's how good a dancer, uh, a partnership these two are. And then love is in the air seems almost out of place. Yes, I was like, because I was watching a movie and I obviously know because of the iconicness that it is. Yes. Um, that the song is in the movie. Yeah. Um, mainly because the film clip of the song was clips from the movie yes. on Rage. 
Um, <laughs> yes. And I was like, it's in the movie and I know it's in the movie, but where is it? When does it come up? I know they dance to it. And then it's right at the end. I'm like, oh, but that also, was kind of shit. It's just put in there as a song. And obviously the guy who majority funded the movie um, produced John Paul Young. Like he was on that label. Yes. So they wanted maybe to give John Paul Young a song. Yeah. But it doesn't, it just feels like doing, they're doing the tango or whatever they're doing, Paso Doble, they go, go, go. Yeah. And then Love is in the Air comes on and then everyone dee, dances dee, to dee, Love in dee, the Air. Dee. Yeah. Doesn't quite work. Good song though. Quite a good Daggy song. Daggy pop. Oh, it's terrible. But still, good song. And then Les dances with the grandma. Oh, with Yaya. The kids dance in yeah. that scene, and that's all you see of the and kids And then dance. Wayne dances with her, his partner. You mean fiance? Fiance. Great. Um, I don't have much more to say about it. I didn't like in the dancing, particularly at the end when it was the more dramatic and climactic ending. Yep. That there was like, when he spun around and they spun around, there was like, whoosh, whoosh. Oh, they made noises. Yeah. I like, I got it at the start because it was kind of like taking the piss with the documentary kind of thing. But then at the end when they were dancing, it's all serious and everybody's dancing, they're doing the Paso Doble and it's, and it's like, it's like they spin around. It's like, whoosh, whoosh. I'm like, mm, it kind of takes a bit out of it. Yeah. I, I can understand. I think that's probably a Baz style thing that doesn't match the ordinariness of this movie. That yeah. in a strictly ballroom that looks like Moulin Rouge, yep. that fits. Yes. But it didn't quite fit because he didn't have all of the other spectacularness in visual or sound effects Yeah, in this movie. Yeah. But I get what you mean. One thing I didn't know, just to end on a sad note. Oh, no, she died. Yeah, Pat Thompson, Scott's mum. She could have Shirley. had a, Like, she was probably did all this shit Australian crap before this. Yeah, she was probably on Sons and Daughters in, like, one episode, and she was an extra in the bar scene of Country Practice next to Esme's... She was Esme's younger sister in Country Practice or something. And uh, then, yeah, she died of cancer. of care, Farlap... She was in a TV series, TV miniseries called The Weekly's War. Miniseries, miniseries, miniseries. A Cry in the Dark. Oh. Oh, she was in... Evil Angels. She was in A Country Practice. Told you. Esme's a few episodes. Um, she's in a few episodes of E Street. Anyway, she died tragically a month before the film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Tragic. Should we have a break after that tragic yeah, news? We'll come back with uh, some reviews. We'll come back shall with we? some Google reviews. Oh. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod. All right, some reviews from the Google. I'm going to hit you straight with a five-star one that's good. Hopefully, because most five-star ones would be good. You would think so. Tazza says, Such an amazing movie! Four exclamation marks. Wow. I love how the characters were portrayed. The actors were perfect for their roles. I highly recommend watching Strictly Ballroom. It is one of the best movies I have ever seen. Ooh, yeah. Tazza. Tazza loves it. I found one that is quite short. It's a one star. Uh, that is all. The, the title of the review is Strictly Boring. Oh. That is all. Nothing engaging, uncomfortable close-ups and dodgy audio. Thomas says... One of my favourite movies of all time, so funny and so full of heart. It's the classic understory, but full of Baz Luhrmann style. Love it. Also, watch Muriel's Wedding. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Good note. The worst, 
the worst thing about this film is that I had to watch it as part of an English class, so I wasn't able to turn the tape off and take it outside and burn it. Oh. Everything about this film is hideous. The film should never have been released. Many of the scenes look like they were filmed by a five-year-old with a fascination with the zoom button. (laughs) That's actually funny. He does love a close-up. I could have produced better material with my handy cam. Oh, God. The acting and script is almost as bad. That's incorrect. (laughs) Hitchcock would burst out laughing (laughs) if he ever saw this movie. Really deserves zero stars. Utterly horrible movie. Well, considering it's a comedy, yeah. Maybe yeah. he would laugh out loud. Uh, Frederick says, An absolutely brilliant film. Story is fantastic. The Spanish dancer? Damn, Antonio Vargas is strong. I'm not an Aussie film fan. Here you go. This bit is the re- whole reason I'm reading this review. I'm not an Aussie film fan. Mad Max is overdone. So is Matrix. Strictly Ballroom is a gem <laughs> with real dancers and they let it be. A gem in spades. He's done a mixed metaphor like Bill Hunter. It must not be missed. You'll love it. He thinks Matrix is an Australian Matrix movie. Matrix is not an Australian movie. The Wachowskis just filmed it in Sydney. Yeah. On the site where, that they knocked down over <laughs> the top of Fran's house. Um, Mad Max is overdone. So is Matrix. This is a wretched movie. Vacuous, oh. cliched characters. Yeah. We all agree it's no Godfather. But there is nothing worthwhile in this movie. Now, before you ignore this review, know that I enjoy dancing and have taken dance classes for a year and a half. Oh, so... (laughs) Fucking hell. I enjoy good dancing. I enjoy comedies. Just because this is a comedy doesn't mean it has to be devoid of all cleverness and originality. You want amusing characters... Over, you want amusing overacting in a clever film? Watch George C. Scott in Dr. Strangelove. You want light-hearted, capricious entertainment? Watch the French film Amelie. Airplane is, a great, is great if you want sight gags. The Graduate Groundhog Day, Rushmore and Deconstructing Harry are fabulous comedies. Watch them instead. I suppose Strictly Ballroom is enjoyed by the same audience that likes Ally McBeal. <laughs> Obvious dumbed-downed humour, sight gags and appeals to baseness. This movie is as formulaic and replicable as it gets. Oh, dear. The Countess of Tasmania. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know they're their own thing down there. No. It's hard to believe this film is nearly 30 years old. Five stars. I loved it then and I still love it after watching it again last night, circa 2021. A fine little piss take with typical so quirky, irreverent Australian humour, which makes for great cinema. <laughs> Why are you sick of 2021? I don't know. If you know it's 2021 because you're writing it on a computer. What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's why I picked it. But, like... <laughs> but also, like... Circa 2021. The film is 30 years old this year. So yeah. put circa 2022 because it's no, around... No. No. <laughs> no, no, because it's around... Circa means around the time of... So you can say circa the 30th anniversary, but not circa the time I'm watching it no. now, that she knows the time and I know the time too because on the review it says Countess of Tasmania a year ago. Circa is just used for old photos where you're not really 100% sure yeah. if it's 1921. And Circa is just for Baz Luhrmann oh. was born circa 1960. <laughs> is that true? I don't even know. <laughs> but you know when he was born. <laughs> Shall we do the Chad Esmin oh, quote? I've got it ready to go. Let's have a look, okay. Lee. How many times did you cry um, slash your eyes get moistened? I didn't cry. My eyes got moistened once. Yeah. When they the kissed. End. Yeah, okay. 0. Yeah. 0.5. I thought that was going to be the case. Oh, no. Hang on. My eyes also got moistened when he loved his dad oh. at the end. Because you know how I feel about family. One. All right. I'm so anybody listening, I promise you our dad loves us. We have a great family. <laughs> I think he loves us anyway. There's all this evidence like 
there's all this evidence that I must have had a terrible family upbringing because as soon as a dad hugs a son in a movie, I bawl my eyes out. Yeah. Our parents love us. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, now, house is an interesting one. Yeah, that's true because we don't know where any of them live except we assume that Fran lives in the back of the shop. I have a feeling that they live in the dance studio. <laughs> uh, small. Two apartment. Two apartments. It's yeah. not a trailer. They're yeah. above trailer park. Yeah. It's also an Australian movie, so they don't have trailers. That's true. All of, well, we can do an Australian movie house scale. Nah. Because all we've done so far is the castle size house and live behind a shop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, arousal. Bill Hunter is horny and takes a phone call mid route. Fran is horny for Scott at the start. That's true. Yaya is horny for Scott when she forcefully takes his shirt off. We almost see Sonia Kruger's Yaya. Oh, I think with, with, with that dance thing where oh, it's yeah. like just covering the Yaya front bits. <laughs> Um, um, the horny, I'd like to, I don't know, like a I three? I think it's a two and a half. Because yeah. it's not really a big the, point in the yeah. movie. The rumba is dance of love. Oh, it is the dance of But that's of love, not arousal. That's it, yeah. Hmm, love, not arousal. That's very different. 2.5. Cool. Uh, Coke, so two. I'm giving it a two and a half. I don't think you can. Okay, all right. Two is the maximum. You can't if we see another yet. movie with a Coke billboard, I'll give it two and a half again. But it's two. Give two. it two, then we don't need to start arguments. Alcoholic. No. Who drinks? Does oh, she drink? The partner. That Ken. Ken is not, an alcoholic. His name's not Ken. Ken Railings. Oh, Ken Railings. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. That's but he's not in it that much. It's also that is character based drinking though. One point yeah. five. Okay. Stand up ability. This is tough. It's tough because it still is a very enjoyable movie and it's well, but it's like low budget. You can also tell it's from the early 90s. Yeah. And he does say the F-bomb. I'm going to say two and a half. I'm going to say also two and a half. Okay, good. Memorability. Like I said, I remember this, I remember this bit, but I don't mm. remember the movie as a whole. I'm going to give it 1.75. Ooh. I think I'm going to give it a two. Yes. I don't remember a lot of it. I remember the dancing. I remember most of it from the stage play, but in the musical, not stage play, I didn't go back to 1986 no. to Bratislava. No. In the musical, they don't dance to Lovers in the Air. Oh, good. Which I was spent the whole musical waiting for. Mm. But then they just sing a chorus of it at the end in the bows. Oh, God. Yeah. Impact. It gave us Sonia Kruger. It gave us Baz Luhrmann. It gave us Baz Luhrmann. Okay. That's bigger than Sonia Kruger. Sorry, Sonia. Going to go with three. Um, I'm going to go a 3.5. Right. He's one of our biggest exports. He is. Baz, Vegemite, two of the three Hemsworth brothers. And Nicole. Our biggest exports. Nostalgia. I think I'm going to have to give it like a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Quotability is pretty My low. My nostalgia actually is mostly to do with the science work special effects thing that right. we did. That we yes, mentioned in another true. episode. Quotability. There's not much quotability, I don't think. No, I just want to dance. Pogo, pogo. I'm going to give it a one and a half. I'm going to give it a 1.25. All right. Overall rating. What about song, though? Nah. Oh, true. We, we've got to decide whether I'm going to leave song, it as one and a half. I'm going to decide whether or not the song counts. I don't know if that's full clear in our rules yet. You're leaving it at 1.25? Yeah. Overall... I'm giving it a three and a half. Overall, I'm giving it a 3.75. 3.75. I've done that thing where I just give a little bit more than you every time. Okay. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, so the Chad score is a nine. That's not bad. And the Schminkway score is 32.75. 
So the total is a 41.75. That's decent. Which puts it the same as Wayne's World. Which um, is just less than Batman Returns and just a teensy bit more than Fern Gully. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Good. I'm okay with it scoring the same as Wayne's World. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well done. Done. All right. That's like smack bang in the middle of all the movies It is done. middle of the pack. Yes. Uh, let's, you ask me some trivia questions. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Um, let's take a break okay. and I will come back with that. All right. I've got to find another ad to play. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. We're back. I have trivia for you. Okay, good. Uh, this is for our next movie. This one I think you will get when I say who the director is. Okay. The release date of this film was the 5th of July, 2012. Guardians it, of the Galaxy. No. Oh. It grossed $550 million from Ooh. a $65 million budget. Okay. Well, neither of those indicated to Marvel movie, so Guardians of the Galaxy is way off. I will say this little fact is the only kind of interestingly thing I could find about the movie okay, before I say the director. A, a big movie from 2012. Yes. That took $500,000 million. $550 million. $500,000 is a million. Um, Let me double check that. 500000 is a million. No, that... Oh. <laughs> You're double checking that a 1000 is a million. It Box is. office, $549.4 million. Okay, well, that's not what you told me before. So now I have to reassess. No, go. Six hundred <laughs> grand. The fact is... That originally, when the movie was being conceived by the creator, yes, that Fox was going to distribute the movie, but said creator wanted the $65 million budget, and Fox were like, no, that's too much money for an R-rated movie. It's not going to make that much money. That's my fact. An R-rated movie. R-rated movie. From 2012. Yes. I was old enough to watch R-rated movies then. Yep. R-rated for violence. R-rated for, for violence, sexual references, drug use, coarse language, um, sex. Crash? No. Rent. No. Sin City. <laughs> it was directed by Seth MacFarlane. Oh. There's no Family Guy movie. What? Directed. Okay, I don't know. I'm not the. It stars Seth MacFarlane, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Ted. Mila Kunis. Oh, Ted. It is Ted. Oh, I should have got that. It's definitely R rated for language and sexual references. Yes. <laughs> Ted is the one where he's like. If you want to sing from the 90s, you just take out all the consonants. Yeah, and you go, ha, 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 ha. And then he karaoke's that Pearl Jam song. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ted. Yes, Ted. Ted. All right. Um, I'm glad you got it then because cinnamon, cinnamon Nima didn't really have much. E-bear. <laughs> just like <laughs> little Edward. Okay, so I got three points for that. Yeah, sure, why not? No, because you said starring, so two points. Okay. Yeah. Um, now. Are we doing a known four or are we doing a six degrees? Um, six degrees from Ted to, to Strictly, Strictly Ballroom. Ballroom could be quite difficult. Let's do it. All right. Because I'm good at it. All righty. So, Baz Lemon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, oh, I've okay. got it. Oh. Baz Luhrmann directed Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. in Romeo and Juliet. Who was in... Who was in The Departed with Mark Departed Wahlberg. Departed with Mark He's Wahlberg. He's Ted. Well done. Let's do a known for. Okay. <laughs> who do you want to do a known for for? Wahlberg. Yeah. All right. Because Mila Kunis is Family Guy, Black Swan, That 70s Show, and Bad Mums. Maybe Ted. Or you looked it up before. No, I'm not, but that's what I'm going to say. Wahlberg. All right. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say... Definitely going to say that. Um, I'm going to say that as well. Uh, what am I going to say, though, about that? 
Uh, and I'm going to say... Oh, there's an action one that he did that was shit that is probably in there. There's a few. Yeah. Oh, that one, yes. Oh, was he in the first one of that? I'm not even sure he was in this one. Yeah. Uh, No, and so I'm going to delete it because if I say it, then that's going to be embarrassing if he's not even in this one. Um... Oh, is he in the first one of this? Do I, I, I reckon it, you're thinking I, the I same you movie. You and I think in the same movie, like a Michael Bay movie. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't thinking that one. I was thinking a dancing one. Uh huh. Which I reckon he's in, actually. Right. Um. He is in the first one of of those. Right. Well, I'll put that then. Yep. All right, I've got I've got four movies. They're probably not it, but anyway. All right, let's have a look. Marky Mark. And the funky There's bunch. a film clip of Marky Mark and the Funchy, Funky Bunch count. Well, let's Calvin see. Klein ad. Oh. All right, what have we got? Number one is Fighter. Oh, no. Which I had as number four. Okay, so you get one point. Number two is Boogie Nights. Oh, it is number two. Which I had as number two. Oh, damn it. Number three is The Departed. Which I had as number which one. Which I had as number one. <laughs> and number four is Ted. Which I had as number three. Which I didn't have. So I got four points. I got four points. Oh. We need to do Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Let's do Baz. We did Baz last week. Did we? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't write it. Oh, yeah. Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> Australia, and Strictly Ballroom. I've got on my notes here. Um, what did I say, Mila Kunis? Sonia Kruger, the what? top four shows she's hosted. We could do Seth MacFarlane if we're talking about Ted. All right, Seth MacFarlane. Seth Mac. All right. Well, that's obvious. Um, and then that one. And then... Done. I've got four. Um, maybe that one, and then that one. Oh, you've mentioned some Seth MacFarlane in a recent Two Drink Cinema episode as well. Well, this is Two Drink Crossover, Cinema. Crossover. So uh, recent Odd Socks Entertainment episode. I've had three drinks by this point, so my apologies. I've got four. Let's go. All right. Let's, as it loads. Number one, surprisingly. Family Guy. Family Guy. I had there. I Can I just say, I got all four of them. But not in the correct order. Okay, let's hope I Family got Guy number right one. Order. Two yes. points. Number two is American Dad, which I had in the number two. Which spot. I had in the number three spot. Ooh. Number three is Ted. Oh, I had in number four spot. Which I had in the number two spot. Yep. And then number four Was is a million, a million ways, ways to, to die, die in the, the west, west, which I had in the number three spot. Which I had in number four. Two, four, six. So I got eight, four, six. What? <laughs> You got six, and I got six. All right, Mila, Mila Kunis. Kunis. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one. What did I say before? That and that. All right. Let's have a quick um, go this back one's, to... I reckon this one's a chance to... This is a good tiebreaker, because I reckon there's less... Similarities I'm between try- the two I'm, of us. I'm starting to get the idea that maybe I should have changed my Mila Kunis ones based on the knownness of the other three people in this thing. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Okay. God no. Um, number one. Yes. Is Black Swan. No. I had that, that as two. Okay. One point for you then. Number two. Jupiter ascending. No. <laughs> Number three, Bad Mums. Oh, add that in the number two spot. Add that in the number three, four spot, sorry. And number four is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, she's good in that. She's good in most things. Yeah, I know, but Forgetting Sarah Marshall's a good movie. I should check the anniversary of that to see if we can watch it. It's 2008. Yeah. Damn. I said that to Shane last night because we were talking about Eurotrip because on Shane's playlist... Scotty doesn't know the song from Eurotrip oh, comes on. And I was like, oh, that's a good movie. We should re-watch it. And then I looked it up and it's from 2004. 
And so I said to Shane, I said, oh, we have to wait two years before we can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you I won. win. You win both trivias today. Yes. Uh, and we get to watch Ted. I cannot wait. I don't think I've watched it in years. I haven't watched it for a while, but fucking hilarious. Um, how can we watch it? Uh, Sorry I... to people who partic- this specifically downloaded the ABC iView app last week to try and watch Strictly Ballroom because it's not on there. You can stream it on Binge in Australia or on Prime Video. I believe Or it... on Stan, Stan or on Netflix yeah, or so... on Foxtel Now. Or on the Blu-ray DVD in my DVD case. Okay. If you want to borrow that, then please let us know. So it's on plenty of streaming services because obviously Seth MacFarlane uh, is not a huge fan of exclusivity. No, he's not. He just wants the moolah. Well, it was distributed by Universal, so there you go. Should be on Universal Plus whenever that comes on. One of my favourite memes from COVID times, Mm. you know when there were like dolphins in the Seine River in France and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, The world's regenerating because we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, we're going to get the world back on track. And then as soon as flights are opened, the air is full of planes again. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little climate rant. (laughs) One of my favourite memes was like, Air pollution is at such an all-time low, we can start to see the Universal logo again. (laughs) God. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drinks Cinema. We hope you enjoyed Strictly Ballroom and our chat about it. And uh, we hope you enjoy Ted this week. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Lee. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheese. Cheese. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash two drink cinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash 2 Cinema. Cheers.